So every Monday morning, Jenny, our children's ministry coordinator, Ben, our music leader, and I have a staff meeting. Um, and it really, most of the, the meeting itself is simply just a time of, of morning prayer together. Uh, it's, a, it's a really special thing. Um, the, the liturgy we use begins like this. The night is past and the day lies open before us. Let us pray with one heart and mind. As we rejoice in the gift of this new day, so may the light of your presence, O oh God, set our hearts on fire with love for you now and forever. Light gives heat. Light gives life. Light guides and directs us. Light reveals and, and discloses. Light allows us to see and therefore to see and behold all the, the beauty around us. Whenever we pray that prayer on, on Monday mornings, it just also happens to coincide with the, the time that the sun is, is rising. So I'm always reminded of the one who said, let there be light. That God is, is on the scene. I, I'm reminded that just as, as, as the sun is, is constant and, and faithful, even, even more so, the God who says, I am. I'm reminded that, that, that I will not journey through this particular day alone. Uh, that I will have God's presence to guide, to give hope. I'm reminded to see and live in light of Jesus. The one who reveals more about God, more about our relationship with God when he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And that's what we'll be exploring this morning. Let us pray. Oh God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, and transform us, that we might bear fruit for your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, hear now uh, this, this reading from God's word. Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 12 through 20. Listen for God's word. Jesus spoke to the people again, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees said to him, Because you are testifying about yourself, your testimony isn't valid. Jesus replied, Even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. Since I know where I came from and where I'm going, you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to human standards, but I judge no one. Even if I do judge, my judgment is truthful because I'm not alone. My judgments come from me and from the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the witness of two people is true. I am one witness concerning myself and the Father who sent me is the other. They asked him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You don't know me, and you don't know my Father. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. He spoke these words while he was teaching in the temple area known as the treasury. No one arrested him because his time hadn't yet come. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, light 
is a very important theme in the Bible. Look at how the story begins. The earth was a, a formless void. Darkness covered the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Light is the very first thing that God speaks into existence. Light is also the last thing. In Revelation, the description of the new heavens and the new earth goes like this. There will be no more night. They need no light of a lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. God calls Israel, God's people, to be a light to the nations so that all people will see salvation of God. The prophet Isaiah Uh, pointing towards Israel's Messiah, Savior, uses images of light. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Or the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. John's Gospel, where our our lesson came from this morning, opens in chapter 1 by saying the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not extinguish the light. Whenever God comes onto the scene, light is present. Jesus wants to make it abundantly clear that God has come on to the scene in and through him when he declares in front of his Jewish audience in the middle of the temple that he is the light of the world. I am the light of the world, Jesus says. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. The timing of this self-revealing statement of Jesus is, is important and telling. In chapter 7, just the chapter before, we're told that it is the festival of booths. And this festival, festival commemorated Israel's journey through the wilderness. During those years, people lived in temporary uh, dwelling places, shelters, because of how frequently they packed up and moved. And so each year in this festival of booths, people would build booths to remember that Journey And on the first night of the festival, crowds would often gather in the temple courts, which would be lined with, with uh, dozens upon dozens upon dozens of lit lanterns, and the people would sing and dance until the morning light. Because remember, this wilderness journey that the people uh, remembered, um, it was in this journey that the people knew to move because of God's guidance. And that guidance took the form of a pillar of fire by night and by day, a pillar of of cloud or smoke. So they knew it was time to move when the pillar moved. And so it's in the middle of this festival of of journey and guidance that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And in other words, for, for those who understand life is a journey, I will be your light to guide you, to illumine the path. Guidance is something that we all long for. Sometimes we just want something or, or someone to tell us the right thing to do, the best decision to make. Sometimes we realize we need guidance. Sometimes we don't. No matter what, it does matter what our guide is. I was watching uh, reruns of uh, the TV show The Office uh, the other day wish that show was still on, but anyway. And it was the episode where Michael Scott, the regional manager for Dunder Mifflin, Dunder Mifflin Paper uh, Company, and his number two man, Dwight Schroop, were driving in a car 
to make a paper sale in person to try and prove that that person-to-person interaction was still the best way to sell paper, even despite evolving technology that was now on the scene. And so they're using a navigation system for directions, and the navigation tells Michael, who's driving the car, to turn right. Turn right. The the right turn is, is like a little ahead of them, Michael starts to turn there like literally where it says to turn right, even though there's nowhere to turn except a lake. And Dwight says, no, 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 it actually means turn right, like up there, like bear right across the bridge. Michael insists and continues to make a turn saying, it said take a right. It can't, Dwight says, there's a lake there. Ah, And then they drive into a lake. Splash. We may not pull uh, a Michael Scott and drive into a lake based on the guidance we're given, but we all know what it feels like to be in the dark, to be in the dark when it comes to, to needing and craving guidance. As the light of the world, Jesus offers us, offers himself to us to be that source of guidance, to shine and illumine the path. And what that usually means is showing us the next right steps to take. Think about how a flashlight works. When we went to the beach a few weeks ago, we, we went out at night with a flashlight and Gabriel to go crab hunting. Uh, at first, when, when Gabriel was holding the flashlight, he was holding it like straight out in front of him. So the beam was just shining straight out, like parallel to the ground. Of course, unless your destination is relatively close to you or the object you're trying to see... The flashlight is really not going to do much, just shining straight out, right? It's not going to illuminate it because you're too far away. The light doesn't hit anything. So we reposition how he was holding it, holding the flashlight, so that it actually shone on, on the ground in front of us, lighting the way so we could actually see where we were stepping. All, all the flashlight can do is illuminate the next few steps. The point of the flashlight is not to show you the destination of where you're going, but rather the next steps in front of you. You know, sometimes I think we want guidance from God, but we're prone to take the flashlight and try desperately to shine it on the destination. I feel like I'm doing that all the time right now, groping in the dark here in in this COVID season. Like, I want to see the end, (laughs) I want to see the end, and, and Jesus, as the true light, gently refocuses the light so that I can actually see the next holy steps in front of me, the next holy steps of the journey. Jesus, in identifying as the light of the world, promises that we will not walk in darkness, but will have guidance. He's promising to show us the next right thing to do, the next step to take. That doesn't mean we'll see the destination right away. That doesn't even mean we'll always know where the next step might lead. But without a doubt, Jesus, our light, will show us which step is the right one. We could do a lot worse, friends, than that well-worn cliche, what would Jesus do? Maybe that guidance illuminates a step toward reconciliation or forgiveness or grace for yourself or someone else. Maybe the direction will be to take a step toward justice. Maybe a step toward honesty and truth. Maybe a step toward repentance. 
Maybe it's a step toward courage or toward a dream or or a goal. Maybe that guidance lights up a step toward creating more space for God, more space to be on mission with God. Maybe more space for that light to shine through you. No matter what, when we trust Jesus as the source of light and guidance, he will guide us one step at a time. We are not alone. As the light of the world, Jesus guides us in, in ways that, that, are, that are undergirded with hope. He's not simply a life navigation system. He is a source of hope that reassures us that even in the darkest, that even the darkest, stormiest night will pass and the sun will rise. And in the meantime, he's going to be present so that we know we are not alone. Something to fix our eyes on, something to give us the courage to, to press on. Think about a lighthouse. A lighthouse is designed to shine and cast a bright beam out to sea so that ships can navigate safely to harbor or to port uh, at night or, or when there's a storm. It's a navigational aid, but in their heydays, lighthouses were so much more than that. They, they were a beacon of hope to ships at sea, lost at sea. Imagine for a second you're a sailor on a ship and it's stormy and it's night and you, and you can't see anything and the ship is being tossed around and you don't know if you're going to make it home or even where home is or even if you're going to make it at all. And then, and then all of a sudden, piercing through uh, the darkness, piercing through the storm, you see the glimmer of a lighthouse beam. And all of a sudden, you don't just have navigation, you have hope. You know where you are. You have something to move toward and something that moves you now and stirs you on. What made lighthouses powerful wasn't just that they guided ships, ships safely to port, but that they also gave hope and comfort in the midst of, of stormy, dark seas so crews could know where they were and that all was not lost. When Jesus says he's the light of the world, He means he's offering guidance to us that is undergirded with with a deep hope, energized by real hope, hope that that draws us home. Guidance, undergirded by hope, exposing the truth. As Jesus guides us, undergirded with hope, he also reveals what is true. Light exposes and reveals things. Have you ever... Have you ever thought you cleaned the windows really well, and then later in the day when the sun is higher up in the sky or, or, or it's brighter, uh, all of a sudden you notice that all the smudges and, and the dirt that's still there on the window that you missed? When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he exposes what needs to change or be brought to newer understanding. He reveals what is true. Because the the, the amazing thing about light is not only that we see light, but perhaps even more so, because of light, we see everything else. I can see what the sun is illuminating long before I see the actual sun itself. In different light, things look different. What if Jesus is the light of the world because by him and through him we are supposed to see? In fact, perhaps we can only rightly see anything. Perhaps we can only get the truth in light of Jesus. 
We see that in the passage. Many in the crowd believe him. They, they understand the truth and see him truly to be the Messiah. When the Christ comes, will he do more amazing things than this man does? Others could not see the truth about who he was, chose not to see in many cases, and were affected then walking in darkness. They wanted to seize Jesus. Religious leaders even sent guards to try and arrest him. Light that reveals can make people in power and people afraid of the truth nervous and fearful if they have something to hide. When we let Jesus be our light, that means we allow his revealing beam to search our hearts, our lives, our culture, our systems, our institutions, our economies, our politics, even if it means revealing difficult things, painful things, even if it means bringing us to new understanding about positions we once thought were airtight and people we once thought we had figured out. And this, this glorious light exposes what needs to change or to be brought to newer understanding. And it's for redemption, not damnation. What happens when the light of the world shines into the darkness of racism, the darkness of exploitation, the darkness of greed, the darkness of violence, the darkness of prejudice, ignorance, discrimination, revealing and exposing them for what they are? For the darkness in those who choose it, that light is an unwelcome presence, an unwelcome brightness. But for those who follow the light of the world, Jesus both shows us the next step to take and gives us hope that there is a better way. There is the chance for healing and redemption and transformation. By being the light of the world, Jesus is revealing and guiding humanity how to to receive and love everything in the world with a divine point of view in mind. If we want to see the truth, we have to see things in light of Jesus. If Jesus is the light of the world, then a relationship with him should change the way that we see every single thing. Every single thing, our finances, our, so, our social issues, ourselves, our families, our jobs, our enemies, our politics, our time, our priorities, our friends, our neighbors, our mistakes, our institutions, all in the light of the light of the world. Friends, sometimes darkness happens. Sometimes... It's of our own making. Whatever the case, we can't see far. We feel alone. We can't see the destination. We don't know how the road is going to end. Many of us feel, many of us feel in the dark right now. We know what it is to stumble around in a dark room, unsure of where we're going, bumping into obstacles, groping for guidance. We also know what it is to turn on a light and to be able to see everything clearly. We know how glorious it is to see beams of light in the dawn illuminating the world, knowing that the sun is rising. Jesus says, I am. I am the light of the world. If that's true, friends, and as we turn toward that light, that means we're mirrors or prisms reflecting, refracting that light in beautiful ways so that those 
who see it can't help but be captivated by it, drawn toward it. The night has passed, and the day lies open before us. As we rejoice in the gift of this new day, so may the light of your presence, O God, set our hearts on fire with love for you, now and forever. Amen.